Welcome to the Strongstown United Methodist Church. Join us for worship each Sunday morning at 11. Here's this week's message. Good morning. I am Pastor Bill Warwick from the Bright Hope Charge United Methodist Churches, Nanniglow, Belsano Redbrick, Belsano Faith, and Strongstown. Welcome to our live uh, video this morning. And I pray that everyone is well and safe. I only have a few announcements. As you know, we're temporarily closed. Hopefully we'll be able to open soon. There's talk about it. So once we know, we will let everyone know. We will be limited, I believe, in the beginning. So we'll have to be careful. We'll have to, um, some of the guidelines that I read said that we'll have to still stay six feet apart. We'll have to wear masks. Um, we're going to sanitize the church, but we'll do everything we can for the safety of each and every one. But hopefully we will soon be opening up. So the only announcements I have is I pray that you're reaching out to one another. I pray that you are making contact with other people, calling them, even if it's people that you don't know well, whether it's church people or whether it's just other people around our neighborhood, for we need to be reaching out. So call people, talk to them, say hi, let them know that you're in their thoughts and in their prayers. And that's the next thing I was going to say. We need to be praying for one another. We need to try to spread the word. If there's anyone that needs prayer, needs to be put on the prayer chain, I hope you will call me or one of the other people on the prayer chain and hopefully we can get it out there so that we know. Pray that the virus goes away and pray that our land gets healed. And also pray for those that are lost. It seems right now, if you're watching Facebook and if you've been on Facebook, there's so much bad stuff on there that it just boggles my mind. So I pray that you would be praying for those people. Let them to realize that God is in charge and that this pandemic, this virus will go away, but I believe we need to turn back to God for it to actually happen. One of the other things that I wanted you to know about is, yes, I came in a suit and tie, and I thought about it. I dress for God. I believe that God would want me to be dressed this way. So I'm praying that today you take time for at least an hour or two and put on something nice. It will make you feel better. And that's the reason I asked you to do it. Don't stay in your pajamas all day today. Dress nice at least for an hour or two. Let me know how it goes, because I'd really like to hear from you. And I do hope that I get a chance to hear from everybody. Um, if you have any needs, please call me. I am here for you. Uh, my wife's here to help me a little bit today, and uh, hopefully you have that hymn ready, dear. Please. And next we're going to do the responsive reading. Step over here. My wife and I. Good morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside still waters. Restores my soul. Leads me in the right path for the sake of the Lord's name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me. 
your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint me, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Thank Amen. You. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> Sorry we don't have the glory patre to play that for you. And I'm not a good singer, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and something I noticed that I haven't been doing is a children's message. So I'm going to do a brief one. Um, just as a lead-in, shall we say, to my message. I have a picture here, I don't know if it'll show up or not, of some sheep. And that's what I want you to think about today, is about the sheep and the shepherd. It says that the sheep are, let me get the right page here, a domesticated ruminant mammal. And I had to look that word up, ruminant, it means they chew their cud, and the mammal is a hoofed animal. So the sheep are what we are considered to be. And the shepherd, which leads the sheep, is what Jesus Christ is considered to be. Now, as a pastor, we're called to be the shepherd of our flock. And I noticed the other day in a meeting that I was in, uh, one of the pastors made the remark of our people. And I thought about that, and that's kind of how we feel. I hope you understand that. But as pastors, we feel like we are assigned to you and you are our people, our responsibility. So I hope that you understand that. Uh, I hope you understand the story about the sheep. I'll be talking more about that as I read the scriptures today. But a lot of people say sheep are dumb. I don't believe they are. I believe they're fairly smart because if you think about it, their shepherd will lead them. They're the only animal that will normally follow their leader, follow their shepherd. If you think about uh, livestock or other animals, when they're formed, we drive them. We have to surround them and keep them in the right direction. I was actually thinking about this as I was walking my dog this morning. And even though, my wife's already laughing, even though we have the dog on the leash, I sometimes wonder, I'm at one end, she's at the other end, and I often wonder who's really leading who. Most of the time, I'm trying to get her in the right direction, but most of the time, she's just walking along beside me and happy as a little lark. So I can't imagine that the sheep, because I've not really been around sheep, but I can't imagine that they would follow their master's voice. And that's something I'll be talking more about today. But I want you to think about the role of a shepherd and the role of the sheep. And remember, they're metaphors for you and I. We are sheep and Jesus is our master. This time I would like to do a pastoral prayer. Uh, I see that there's many watching and I thank you for that. Uh, I have trouble reading the names from this distance in the phone. I'm hoping next week to experiment and be able to use the computer so I have a bigger screen. I'm doing this off of my phone. But if there are prayer requ requests, please, please call me 
or one of the people on the prayer chain, and I will find out about it. As of right now, I haven't heard of anyone lately or anyone new. So just pray for each and every one. And let us pray before we begin the message today. Gracious God, we are thankful for this another day that you have given us. We're thankful that we can worship together even though we're not in your building. It seems so strange to see the pews being empty. And Lord, I know that there are people out there that are worshiping with me at this time and worshiping with the other pastors that are trying to do the same thing, live stream a message. So Lord, I pray that you will bless each and every one. Bless those who are doing the live streaming. For Lord, I know for me it wasn't easy to learn. I still have a long way to go. And I'm sure there's many, many more. I pray for those that are not being reached because they don't have the, um, the facilities, the apparatus, whatever they need to be able to be uh, a part of this service. But I pray, Lord, that we are reaching as many people as possible. I pray, Lord, that you will bless each and every one. Bless them and let them to know that even though they're home feeling like they're shut in, that they're not alone. Lord, you are with each one. And may we contact each one, may we keep in touch, and may we let them know that they are part of our family, of the Christian family. So Lord, I pray that you will bless each one, help each one that's bringing forth a message. May it be your words, not my words, not our words, but your words. Open our hearts and our minds that we might think about you and think about what you're speaking to each one of us, whether we be as individuals or as groups. So bless each and every one, Lord, and help us through this day. And may we give you praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Would you like to say the Lord's Prayer with me? Yes. Okay. Let us all do the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Seems like this is the time we'd pass the plate, but I'm hoping people will be sending in their tithes and offerings for the churches still are in need. Quiet over there. All right, I'm going to get started with the scripture. We will be closing with the hymn. I think she's chosen something. But today I'm going to be reading these scriptures basically from the bottom to the top, the way they're in there. I do want to read all of the scriptures at some time. And I'm going to speak about each one individually. The first piece of scripture I would like to read comes from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Actually, I'd like to read through 11. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. 
he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all, brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As I started to talk about the sheep, I want you to think about this scenario. I think Jesus was actually talking to some of the Pharisees and maybe some of the Sadducees and some of the others that uh, about them being the thieves, the robbers. But think about the sheep. Now, from what I understand in their day, an average shepherd might have 10 to 20 sheep that he would be responsible for. That would be his own in most cases. He would be the owner. And it even goes on to say that if you have a hard hand, they won't give their life for the sheep. That if um, a bear or a wolf or something like that was to come, they would probably run to save their own lives and not save the lives of the sheep. But the shepherd will give his life for the sheep. And the shepherd, in this case, I think sometimes at night they would come together in groups they would go out during the day and try to find pasture, but they would try to come together as a group in the in nighttime so they could take turns getting some sleep and also protecting the flock. Now, it also says here about a, a gate and, and a place that they could come together. Now, I can visualize that they may have had um, kind of a concave area, a space where there may be stones around the outside and just one little entranceway into this lot and that they could sleep by that entranceway, that there they could have someone be the watchman. They would have someone that would be always awake trying to make sure the sheep were protected. Because we know if there are thieves and robbers, they usually come at night. They come in the dark of the night and they try to steal. And he was actually saying the Pharisees were trying to steal the happiness of the people around them. They was trying to steal. But Jesus here is saying that when the sheep are in this protective area and the watchman would sleep or the watchman would be the one awake, but the other shepherds would sleep by the gate or the entryway. And in that entryway, they could be able to know if someone was trying to go in or out and steal the sheep. And then come morning, when they would get up and they would take their own uh, herd, shall we say, I'm not sure what they call a group of sheep, to be honest with you, 
I've not been around sheep that much. But they take their sheep from that group. And it says they call them by name. Now, I can imagine if you have 10, 15, 20 sheep, that it would be easy to know all of them by name. I was raised on a farm where we had, on average, 12 to 15 cattle that was milking cattle. And we knew everyone by name. And we could talk to them by that name. But yet they wouldn't follow us. If we went to the field to bring the cattle in for milking time, they wouldn't follow you to the barn. You had to get behind them and drive them. But here, the sheep, when they're called, would follow the shepherd. Now, when you think of the scenario of shepherd and sheep, I believe Jesus is trying to say that we are all sheep. We are all his sheep. And when I say that word, his sheep, I think about as a pastor, I'm considered the, past, the shepherd of the flock and my people are my sheep. Now, I don't mean to downgrade anybody by saying that, so please don't think that way. It's a metaphor, but we are responsible. And God puts a burden onto our hearts as pastors for our people. And if we fail you, I'm sorry, I'm trying the best I know how. But we try to reach out to everyone. We try to know what's going on. We try to know that if you have a need, that we can try to do something for it. We pray for every person in our flock. So Jesus is saying here also, as the, the good shepherd, the shepherd that was willing to lay down his life, which he, we know that he does, and he did. In this case, it was prior to him giving his life. But Jesus said that the shepherd that owns the sheep will give his life for those sheep. And Jesus said that he is the gate. So the gate being where the shepherds would lay to protect the sheep, that he was the one that was willing to give up his life to protect those sheep. Remember, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He goes on to say that the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and they'll run away. They'll run away. But Jesus is saying that he has never run away. He's there for us. He's there every minute of every day. He's there at the entrance, at the gate. He is our entrance to heaven. He is what makes the difference of whether we plan our lives to live in heaven or hell. I know people hate to hear that word, hate to say it, but I believe we need to think about it. People, there is a heaven and a hell. And I believe we need to be prepared for which one we want to go to. I think some days when you listen to a lot of the things or hear the, see the things that's on Facebook, people are using foul language. It's more important that they are I'm missing their beer than it is that they're missing church. And that's something we need to think about. We need to pray for those people because I believe that people should really be concerned about missing church more than anything else. I don't know about you. I'm not missing the sports because I'm not a sports person. I'm sure there's a lot of people that can't wait for the games to get back on, can't wait to get all those going on. And, and that's fine and dandy but I believe church should be number one in our lives. And I believe we need to think about that. 
Next piece of scripture I would like to read comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, 19 to 25. It says, For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This piece of scripture kind of follows that in a nice way because it's saying that Jesus gave up his life for his sheep. And this is what we are also called for. We are called that we might be willing to suffer with Jesus Christ. If we've done something wrong and we suffer, there's no greatness in that. But if we suffer trying to do Jesus Christ's work, which he warned us that he warned his disciples that it was, wasn't going to be easy, that there'll be times that we will suffer. But he says, if we suffer, that's what we're called for. And if we do that, that's commendable to God. God will bless us because he is the blessing. Because he took away our sins. When he went to that cross, sin-free, he actually took all of our sins to that cross that we might have life and have life everlasting, that we might live righteous. It says, by his wounds, you are healed. We were sheep. We were like the sheep that got lost and went astray and wandered off and the shepherd didn't see it happen. But, but the shepherd that went and looked for that lost sheep and brought that sheep back to the fold. We all know that story. He celebrated because of the one that he found. And Jesus celebrates every time one of us changed the way we're living, changed the way we're acting, changed the way we are, are doing our lives in some cases. Jesus celebrates. Can you imagine that? We are children of God. Are we willing to suffer for Christ because he was willing to suffer for us. He was the shepherd that took care of the sheep. The last piece of scripture I'd like to read comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. So that you all know, if anyone asks, I do read out of an NIV, New International Version Bible. Um, that's my preference, but to each their own. This piece of scripture says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to, breaking, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. 
All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now we know this piece of scripture is right after Pentecost. And we know that when Peter spoke at Pentecost, it said that there was 3,000 saved that day. Now this tells us that the disciples were made to be the shepherds. And as pastors, we're taught to be the shepherds. But I want you to think about this. It says they, they had fellowship daily. They ate together. They served together. Now, can you imagine if all of a sudden we had 3,000 people in our community, because that was all in one community, if we had 3,000 people now that become believers, what would we do with them? Our church buildings would be full. We wouldn't have enough room. I would love to see that happen, but I know it's probably not going to happen that way. But we, we as people of God, as people of the church, are the shepherds that are being trained to be the shepherds. We might be the sheep, but now we need to be the shepherds. And it says that they met together in their homes. John Wesley, our founder of Methodist, said that he believed in small groups, that you should gather together in your homes in groups of eight or ten. And here it says that they ate together. I believe that it would be great if we started uh, gathering together in ways that, that we were in our homes. People took turns inviting people to their homes. Might be just cookies and coffee or might be a piece of cake and coffee, whatever it is, something to drink. But a time of fellowship, a time of prayer, a time of holding each other accountable, and a time that one person in that group is the leader, is the shepherd. And then through that, that group would make th those that were part of it also shepherds. And then those shepherds could go out and start another group and then another group and, and spread out from one to the next. As I read this, I thought about the, the movie. I don't know how many of you saw it, but it was called uh, The War Room. And this, I'll say older lady to be safe, was selling her house. And she had a younger person that was the salesperson. And she kind of, the older lady, took her under her wing and was trying to coach her to be a person of God. And through the course of that, that movie, that younger person accepts God and accepts the responsibility of praying for her family, praying for her friends and all those around her. And then when she wants to remain friends with this lady and always remain as, as the understudy, shall we say, the older lady says, now it's your turn. It's your turn to find someone that you can mentor. And I believe this is what God is trying to tell every one of us today. He may be the head shepherd, but we are the next in line. We are the shepherds that need to shepherd the flock, make other leaders, and have them spread out to 
help someone below them, to help someone else that needs their lives touched. It's like a giant corporation. If you go to work for them, you have someone that's over maybe five, ten people, and he has somebody that's over him that's over so many people, and there's someone above that, and, and it just goes on and on till you get to the CEO. And that's the way we should learn to operate. We should learn that when we take people under our wing, we can teach them to become the shepherds, that they can take a part of the flock and they can spend time with them, training them and teaching them and and praying for them and teaching them that they in turn need need to do the same thing. So as we talk about the sheep and the shepherd today, I want you to think about where are you in life? We probably all feel like we're sheep. We're the sheep. We're the person that follows someone else. We follow them wherever they lead us. We hear their voice, and we can follow their voice the way the sheep follow the shepherd. But we need to learn to step up and become the next shepherd. We need to learn to find our own group of sheep and teach them to understand our voice and to hear our voice and know our voice, that they will follow us. But in that following, we are only a representative of Jesus Christ. So they need to be following Jesus Christ. And as the disciples learn, if you think about the story of Jesus, spent three years three years with his disciples, and then they now are the shepherds. Once Jesus left, they became the shepherds. And fortunately, in that time, he was also training other people because we know at one time he sent out 70. And at other times, there was many, many more that was learning, that was preparing, shall we say, preparing for that stage in their lives that they could also become leaders, that they could become the person that's spreading the word, the shepherd, the shepherd for those around them. And that's what I want you to think about today. I may not be good at teaching people to become the next shepherd, but I know that that's something we need to learn to do. I pray that we can get groups together. I pray that we can start some small groups, that we can study together, that we can hold one another accountable We can pray for one another, but through that, then we can teach people to take on the next group and the next group. That this could be like a pyramid that just blossoms out to the point where we bring in more and more people from our communities, maybe from our families, maybe from our friends, maybe from those around us, but we need to be reaching out to other people We shouldn't be having our church declining. And I worry about the fact that people are home now and and they're in their pajamas in, in most cases. I see a few people did say on there they were dressed. I think that's great. But I believe that there's going to be people that's going to say, wow, this has been good. I can stay at home. There was a little comedy on Facebook one day that said, I miss, they were showing back in church and said, I miss, how was that? I miss the pause that I can go to the bathroom or go get a drink. I miss the fact that, that I can do, I can watch this whenever I want. And I can understand that could be easy to do. It's nice that we can later listen to the service. We can listen to other services. 
which I'm actually hoping that you do. I've been trying to take a little time and listen to a few other people speaking. It's a good learning experience for me. It's good for each and every one of us. May we all learn from someone. May not always be me, but someone. And may we learn to be that shepherd, the shepherd that Jesus Christ has called each one of us to be. He's called us to be his shepherds, to take care of his flock. Instead of it being hundreds and thousands of people, he wants us to take a small group and teach them so then they can teach also. So think about where you're in your life. Christ said, I'm the gate. He's the entrance to heaven. And because of that, we have that opportunity to spend our lives with him in eternity. And because of that, we don't want to see people forgetting about Christ or we don't want to see people that never find out about him. We want to bring them into our fold and our flock that we might all be followers of Christ, that we can also be shepherds and the sheep. When I first went into the ministry, they used the word as a similar to that, a metaphor that we are the leaders, but yet we're part of the flock. And that's the way we all should be. We all need to learn to be leaders, but we also need to learn to be servants. So we're a servant leader. May God bless each and every one of you. May you think about these words and may you think about the fact that where are you in life? Are you in a position where you can start becoming the shepherd or one of the shepherds? And may we start some small groups that we might spread out and branch out like a tree branching out with the leaves. May we be God's children and may we serve him according to his will. Let us pray. Gracious heavenly God, we know that you are the great shepherd, the good shepherd, but you're the shepherd that leads each one of us to that gate. And you said that we would enter by the narrow way and you are the gate. I pray, Lord, that each one of us find our way to that gate, the gate that you are standing by, the gate that you are protecting, the gate that is you. And Lord, I pray that each one of us learn to know you as our Lord and our Savior, and I pray that we learn to be the shepherds that you've called us to be. May we serve you. May we be your leaders and also your servants at the same time. So help us. Help us to find that direction. Help us to find our way. And most of all, help us that we might be a part of your kingdom. And we give you praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You have a closing hymn, dear? Yeah. But I would just like to say something. Um, Pastor Bill and I really miss our church people. I love being with you all. And I hope soon that this virus will go away, that we can all be together. And uh, don't hesitate to call either one of us if you have something to talk over. Um, we're here for you. And we love you very much. Thank you. Let us close with a benediction.
Gracious God, you have blessed each and every one, and I'm thankful for that. I don't know of anyone in our group that has the virus, and I pray it stays that way. I know we've heard of a few around our community, and I pray, Lord, that you will take care of them, that you will bless them. Heal this virus. Heal all those that have it. Heal all those that are sick. And help each one of us to be strong, to remember that it's your strength that gets us through each day. So help us as we go through each day. Help us to be able to soon get back together, even if we have to use certain precautions. But I pray that we can soon be back in your church, that we can be back together as a congregation. Lord, I miss that, and I'm sure there's many more that do. So bless each every one, and guide us, direct us through the days. And we give you praise in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God be with you all. Amen. Bless you all. Have a great day, and give me a call. Thank you.